Truth News Network. In a world where up is down and sideways is a way of life, when the truth one moment is a lie the next, and everything is your fault, you need hope. You need clarity. You need TNN, the Truth News Network, and Dan Newman. Well, let's get this straight right now. I know, I know, it's Christmas Eve, but guess what? You know that 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 thing, that, that bad thing that happened, it's your fault. <laughs> Are you tired of hearing that? Are you tired of being responsible for everything bad that happens in anyone else's life? I remember I had one brother, still still have one brother, and I remember growing up, it was just Norman, normal for each of us. If something bad happened around the house, even if we did it, it was always, it's your fault, it's your fault. I guess that's human nature. Well, let's just do this for the next couple of days. I mean, not just today, but tomorrow, Christmas Day, and Sunday the day after. Here's what I want you to do right now. Stop what you're doing. And just take one really big, deep breath. And then let it out real slow. Let's do it together. Here we go. Guess what? That's probably the only one of those you'll be able to muster over the next three days. You're going to be hopping. It's Christmas, folks. My goodness, it's family time. It's friend time. It's find the best things in everybody over the next week or so. I mean, we go right out of Christmas. We go right into the week before a brand new year begins. And then 2022 shows up and everything's resolved. All the bad stuff. There's nothing bad left in the world for any of us, right? Well, you know what? I'm pretty sure that's not going to be the case. There's going to be some bad stuff. There's going to be some bad problems in the world. We're going to have bad weather somewhere. We're going to have starving people somewhere. We're going to have very sick and dying people. People are going to die today. People are going to die tomorrow in Christmas Day. Bad things happen to good people. That's life, folks. But isn't it amazing? It's so amazing to me that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And we celebrate that during this season. We should celebrate it every day. And many of us do. I got to be honest with you. I consciously, I make a point every day to thank God that I'm above ground on every day. Not a lot of people can say that, that a year ago had no idea they were going to meet their maker face-to-face during this past year. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But that old song, we don't know about tomorrow. We don't control tomorrow, but we serve and we know he that does all of the above. And that's God. Thank you, God for giving us today that we can spend time together. I told you we were going to have a very special show today, very different. We're not going to just abandon why you come and listen to the show every day. We're not going to do that. We're going to talk about a few of the very important things that are going on that changed in the last 24 hours to make sure you have that. 
but we're going to blanket it in some fun things, some good songs. I love Christmas music. I always have. Now, I get tired of all of the old worn-out carols. They have great messages, and I never get worn out from a great message about the things of God, the things of creation, the happy things. I never do that. I'll never get tired of Christmas. Even though Christmas in my life, as uh, you heard a couple of days ago, brings up some bad memories. But boy, God has replaced them with uh, so many more good memories, great memories. This time of year, I smile. You know why? It's the 24th. It's beginning to look like um, Christmas. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening once again With candy canes and silver lanes that glow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door A pair of hop-along boots And a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Dolls that'll talk and will go for a walk Is the hope of Janice and Jen And Mom and Dad can hardly wait For school to start again It's beginning to look a lot Like Christmas Everywhere you go There's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well It's the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that'll make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your heart It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store But the prettiest sight to see Is the holly that will be On your own front door Sure it's Christmas once more. Ah, so mild, so mellow, just makes you want to sit back and breathe deeply and drink that second or third cup of coffee this morning and Christmas Eve. I'm so glad so many of you came along to share the day with us here. 
I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening in our family. We are so blessed. Marianne and I have been married 47 years. Is it 47? Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's 46. It feels like 47. And we have three amazing children. We have two daughters. Oldest is Kimby Lee. Second is Corey Lee. And the baby is 6'9", Caleb. There's no Lee in his name like the two girls. Caleb Tyler, which is Marianne's maiden name. And we are so blessed to have them. And not only that, but Corey and Scott gave us twin girls, granddaughters. And they are 16 years old. Kimby. Kimby gave us four grandsons. And I mean, they start up at uh, 21 years old and go down from there. And all those grandbabies and um, our two daughters and their families live right here in Shreveport where we are. Our son and his wife live in Dallas. It's only three hours away. And we get together often. We'll go there. They come here. We're a very close family. We're all going to be together this Christmas. And you know what? We're fortunate because every Christmas we've been able to be all together. And that's a blessing. Don't take it for granted. Spend time with your babies. Moms and dads, that's the best thing about Christmas. Yeah, we may have problems in our families. I get that. In fact, if you don't, there's something wrong. There's something uh, strange about your family because it's full. Every family is of people that have different personalities, different concepts of pretty much everything. And that's okay. Because what we need to do is lay all of that down. Every time we deal with our families, we need to begin every interaction with anybody in our families as this. I'm blessed to have you in my life. And whatever the issues ever may be, we're going to push through those. Because family and being together, even if we're not geographically together, being together in thought and mind and heart is far more important than any of the stuff that can happen and get between us. So you may not know this, but looking around the world today, there are a whole lot of things that are that are going on, a lot of things that aren't good. Thinking about Christmas and getting back together, have you heard what's happened in the airline industry the last 36 hours or so? Multiple airlines have canceled hundreds of flights on Christmas Eve, and they're citing that nationwide surge in the Omicron cases, which has directly impacted, of course, employees and flight crews. And I mean, ground crews, everybody involved in this thing. It was a shock that this came on the nation as fast as it has, and it's just surged across the nation. And the scary thing is, and this is impacting a lot of decisions that have been made by those in management um, at the top of these airlines, is you just want to be careful. There have been so many deaths, and so many people have experienced adverse reactions, and this whole thing is so many layers deep. We really don't have a lot of good answers. And so what do you do? Do you put your own employees in harm's way by having them or forcing them or telling them they've got to get on those planes, they've got to go 
be ready to handle the baggage, ticket agents, everything from top to bottom. The cancellations that have been forced from this come as more than 109 million Americans are expected to travel 50 miles or more by airplanes and other forms of transportation. It's Christmas. you got to visit friends and family over this festive period, right? That's about 34% of an increase from a year ago, with 27.7 million more people traveling than traveled last Christmas. And that brings the number of people traveling during the season to pre-pandemic levels. So according to the company FlightAware that tracks all the commercial and private planes by tail number, uh, FlightAware provides real-time flight tracking data. United Airlines canceled 150 flights today, Delta 99, and every hour or so today, more and more flights are being canceled. So a spokesperson from United Airlines said this morning the nationwide spike in Omicron cases has directly impacted flight crews and employees. As a result, the spokesman said, we've unfortunately had to cancel some flights and are notifying impacted customers in advance of them coming to the airport. We're sorry for the disruption. We're working hard to rebook as many as we can and get them on their way for the holidays. And then United Airlines spokesman said this, we're really managing this day by day. There may be some more flight cancellations for Saturday. It's certainly possible. Meanwhile, Delta said it's canceled about 90 flights today, just one day before Christmas. They said the flight cancellations are due to a combination of issues, including but not limited to potential inclement weather in some areas and, of course, the impact of the Omicron variant. Delta teams have exhausted all options and resources, including rerouting substitutions of aircraft and crews to cover the scheduled flying before canceling 90 flights for today. He said, we apologize to our customers for the delay in their holiday travel plans. Delta and their people are working hard to get them to where they need to be as quickly and as safely as possible on the next available flight. Alaska Airlines, they canceled nine flights today. American and Southwest Airlines said yesterday they do not plan to cancel any flights over the coming days due to COVID-19 staffing issues. So all this comes after the CDC said on Monday of this week, Omicron now makes up at least 73% of the new cases in the U.S. World Health Organization Chief Tedros said this week warned that holiday gatherings over Christmas could see a surge of COVID cases and urged people to cancel or delay planned events in light of the new Omicron variant. He told reporters on Monday of this week there was now consistent evidence that Omicron is spreading faster than the Delta variant and that it was more likely that people who have been vaccinated or recovered from COVID could be infected or reinfected. There can be no doubt, he said, that increased social mixing over the holidays in many countries will lead to increased cases, overwhelming health systems, and more deaths. Do you think that our leaders feel like that they have to prepare us for the worst and everything? I never have understood this. 
when you look at the context, the structure of how government and the people are supposed to react together, that's the whole thing. We're supposed to react together. We're supposed to be involved in the decision-making processes for everything that impact the American citizens. Remember, don't ever forget this. Constitutionally, our government is supposed to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. It's not supposed to be of the government, by the government, and for the government. We should be a part of all of these conversations. And I think that's what got so many people in an uproar at the very beginning of this thing. We've never seen in the United States of America since World War II, we've never seen a government so far reaching into our lives in pretty much every area and just assuming that they have benign support for doing so when they don't. In fact, it's exactly the opposite. They have no power that we don't give to them. And there's no place where anybody stood up and raised hands and counted votes as to we're going to give the government unilateral power to make all these health care decisions for us. We can't do it ourselves. We've got to have somebody do it in our place. That never happened. And we're seeing something that has perpetually happened in other countries around the world since time began. We've taken, we've taken for granted the fact that we live in a free nation and that we, the people, do have power and authority that citizens and a bunch of other countries don't have and can only dream of ever having that in their lives. We are so blessed here. So novel idea today, instead of worrying and fretting about what might happen, what's going to happen, let me tell you this. If you're, if you're questioning getting together with your family members and friends, if you have a bunch of Christmas traditions, and last year, in many cases, we were all forced to put those up on the shelf because we were really at the very beginning of what we now know was a pandemic. Yeah, there's a lot of still question marks about what really happened over the last year in that regard. We may never know all the facts there. But here we are, folks. We made it through it. Sadly, there are many who didn't. And we're so sorrowful for those losses. And every day it even gets worse and worse because we feel like maybe a lot of those people died and they didn't really need to. That's really the saddest part at all about this Christmas. People are gone that didn't have to be gone. And many of those people are gone because gross misrepresentations of a lot of things happened during the year. But we get to make a choice today, Christmas Eve. Are we going to continue to look back over our shoulders and let the circumstances of the, of the past, maybe the far past, maybe just recently, are we going to let all of those things that we can't change, are we going to let those dominate the happiness of this time of year, the happiness of being with others who we love and they love us, being with others to whom we can give. Honestly, we can give. Nobody can take that from you, folks. You never get to a point in your life, I don't care how bad you are off financially, I don't care how bad the circumstances get. 
you will always be able to look to your left or look to your right and find someone who has it worse than you do. And you can give to them. And it doesn't have to be something that you go to um, Walmart and buy. You can give them something that they probably don't have coming from any other source in their lives. A smile. A Merry Christmas. Just a pat on the back. How are you doing? Is there anything I can do for you today? And many of us are afraid to ask that question because we think the answer might be, yeah, I really have a need today. And uh uh-oh, we don't want to get involved. We don't want to get involved. Everybody that draws breath and everyone who in world history has drawn breath has needs, has problems, and don't have answers to a lot of them. A word of gratitude, a grad of just one word, I care. That's two words. Can I pray with you? Can I pray for you? Is there something you need that I can do for you? Those words change lives. And as always, it's been the little things throughout our history, little bitty things that have made the biggest changes in our lives, especially for the better. And I can think of one. And I can think of a young woman, a lot of circumstances in her life. She didn't understand. She had no clue what was going on. She just knew she was in the right place at the right time, not knowing what was going to happen, but knowing that she was living her life in God's hands and whatever it was, it would be good. And sure enough, she found herself in a manger having God's only son. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you your baby boy would save our sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you delivered will soon deliver you Where angels try
baby boy is Lord of all creation. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nation? Do you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect did not know. She didn't have a clue. What she knew was where she was on a donkey going to Bethlehem to pay the taxes with her husband, Joseph. Very pregnant. No place to find a hotel room. They were all taken up in Bethlehem. And she ends up in a barn behind and in, in a manger, the king of the world was born that night. How could she have known? Let me ask you this. you got a lot of things going on in your life. Do you have all the answers? I can pretty much honestly say I'm pretty sure you don't. And so you've got two options. If you believe God is in your life and he controls the circumstances of your life and he answers your prayers, you need to choose to trust that he'll do just that and to just kind of back out of the control mode and get into the thankful mode and just whisper a prayer. God, I don't understand all this. I don't know where I am. I don't know why I'm here, but I know you do. And I know you and you know me and I'm going to trust you. Yeah, if you just joined us in the show today, we're doing a special Christmas edition here. Playing some good Christmas songs, um, trying to get each other in the mood and maybe keep us out of the mood of desperation, of looking at maybe some horrible circumstances in our life and letting those rule us today. I'm going to do something, normally we do this at the end of the year. We look back at the previous year and we recapture some of the bad things that happened. And um, Senator Rand Paul, he does every year what he calls the Festivus Report. And what he makes the Festivus Report contain is a chronicle of the way that our government in the previous year has wasted our money. (laughs) It's, it's kind of humorous, but it's not in the big deal. What a year 2021 it had been. It seemed just like yesterday when the nation's national debt was an unfathomable $20 trillion. But guess what? We just blew right through that number. We've blown through $28 trillion. And it's safe to say that some big changes have occurred since his Festivus report last year. Mask mandates, travel restrictions, lockdowns were lifted across many parts of the country. 
If you remember last Christmas, we were kind of stuck. President Biden was inaugurated. Inflation has skyrocketed. The Kardashians finally ended that TV show after 14 years. Dad bod was officially added to Webster's Dictionary. And how about our federal government? Well, unsurprisingly, it managed to keep spending money that we don't have on things we don't need. You remember the uh, Platinum Pig Awards? Penny plan balanced budget. Only a few years ago, we could have balanced our budget by just cutting one penny, 1%, off of every dollar spent by the federal government. Now, we could do it again, but instead of cutting a penny of every dollar, we'd have to cut a nickel of every dollar. 2021, this year, began with Congress spending even more money, approving a $3.5 trillion budget resolution bill. Rand Paul was one of those that attempted to soften the blow by introducing a series of 48 amendments, including five penny plan, which unfortunately, you know this, it didn't pass. The speed in which our debt is growing, folks, means we need even more vigorous solutions to solve the growing problem, and it is growing. You'd almost think the government's annual New Year resolution is to spend more and more money. Well, it really is. Meanwhile, the CBO projects that more than $1.2 trillion in deficits for fiscal year 2022. In fact, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, they state Congress spent $6.8 trillion in fiscal year 2021, $266 billion more than they did a year ago. Why continue to spend taxpayers' money when debt held by the public is already at 103% of the total money our government brings in every year? This year, Rand Paul highlights a whopping $52 billion, $598 million, of waste, including a study of pigeons gambling on slot machines, giving kids junk food, telling citizens of Vietnam not to burn their trash. No matter how much money's already been wasted, politicians keep demanding even more. But don't worry. People like Rand Paul are going to continue to fight against government waste, thankfully. So let's just look at a little bit of it. What's our government doing? So that number, $52,598,515,585, what does that mean to you and to me? So if that is the waste... And the average taxpayer pays about $15,000 a year in taxes. Then Uncle Sam wasted the taxes of 3,430,636 people. In context, that's roughly the population of Los Angeles, Chicago, or 50 times the size of Bowling Green, Kentucky. So the question is, Was it your money that was wasted? Duh. (laughs) So what could that money, that amount of money, 52 billion plus, what could it have bought us? 
Well, we could have given every person in the world $6.78, 13,149 miles of four-lane highway could have been constructed. That's long enough to cross the United States five and a half times. Four and a half months of operating the Veterans Administration, one year and eight months of funding the Department of Energy. Question, do you think you could have spent that $52 billion better than did our federal government? Let me just give you a small list of what it went to. Foreign countries using our aircraft for free for four years. $773 million. U.S. bought Afghanistan planes that were later thrown away, just tossed. We don't even know where they are today. $549 million. U.S. constructed buildings in Afghanistan, left sitting unused now. $2.4 billion. COVID relief grant for New York City to display art projects across the city. Now, that wasn't very much. Just $25 million. Ineligible and duplicate, fraudulent, cheating, Paycheck Protection Plan loans. Guess how much? $4,290,000,000. Improper CARES Act unemployment insurance payments. They just slipped through the cracks, you know. How much do you think? $36 billion, folks. Construction border walls in the Middle East and North Africa. Not at our southern border. How much did it cost for us to build that overseas? $250 million. Free trips for Korean kids to visit Washington, D.C. $150,000. Grand. Grinding up ferrets. Yeah, the little animals. To be used to develop COVID and flu vaccines. $4.5 million. Tax credit incentivizing California residents to uninstall fireplaces, $2.1 million. Translating books into the Georgian language, the Georgia language, $182,741. Teaching French people about the United States culture, two hundred grand. Giving irrigation systems to Afghan farmers left unused, $88 million. Developing a film about dinosaurs to inspire middle schoolers, two and a half million dollars. And I love this one. National Institutes of Health, Dr. Fauci's organization, got grants to teach pigeons how to play slot machines. $465,339. Telling people not to burn their trash anymore. 11,300,000. Funding green energy programs in Africa. 179,000,000. D.C. Metro paid Lyft, Lyft, to subsidize riders. $28,000. Attempting to replace an assault vehicle over two decades. $3.4 billion. Funding the Wilson Center to put on parties for members of Congress, $14 million. 
A study verified that hearing bad news decreases happiness levels. A million three hundred thousand. Planting trees in New York City. Four hundred million dollars. Government paid for students who didn't actually attend those schools. Two point one million. Kids crave junk food and gain weight if they're exposed to it. A research project? Listen, folks, (laughs) I can answer that. And you didn't have to pay me $352,000 to do it. Getting high schoolers excited about being airplane pilots, pilots, five million bucks. Fattening eels for human consumption, $337,500. And those Social Security overpayments to beneficiaries, in fiscal year 2019, $4,200,000,000. dollars And what about our COVID-19 spending? The bad stuff. I'm not talking about the good stuff. So far, identified, documented, and verified, that number that has been wasted among all of our COVID-19 spending Wow. Good to know, going into Christmas and thinking, man, our governments, they've got us, they're taking care of us right. Well, we can get sad and upset about everything. But at the end of it all, it's the 24th of December. It's Christmas Eve. Oh, by the way, Santa comes tonight. The real story is still ahead about Christmas. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping. Your tired carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe See you.
how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase It's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to such a classic wasn't it uh, who, who wrote that song oh Mel Mel I can't think of his last name he was actually a comedian a singer and uh, it's become a classic and I think everybody wants to sing that that uh, has great feelings and a sense of uh, attachment to Christmas through that song it's just a great song it's a happy song it's a, it's a family kind of song get together you know, chestnuts roasting on an open fire. I have no idea what a chestnut is. <laughs> I've never roasted a nut of any kind on an open fire. I mean, I grew up in South Louisiana, folks. When, when we had a fire, it was outside, and we pretty much had a big vat on it, and we were boiling crawfish or crabs to eat. <laughs> but this is a really happy time. And that story we did about the flight cancellations, I can't even imagine the consternation that millions of people must be feeling today. Many people, they plan this every year. They have kids and relatives that live far outside of their cities and in their towns, and they can only get into town for Christmas. And even many that are overseas, many of the United States citizens that have immediate and extended family overseas, And this is a big time of year for them to get together going to Europe, going to Asia, going to Australia, South America, going to the Caribbean, (laughs) Turks and Caicos. I saw a live picture from the beach there at Seven Seas Resort, which Marianne and I have been to. Folks, that's the point on planet Earth where God just leaned down and kissed the dirt and turned it into Turks and Caicos. We're beach people. I'm not big into going skiing. In fact, we got to know each other at the very beginning of of our relationships, even before we started dating. We met. We had already met, but we got to know each other when the group that I was traveling with, the Christian group, The Vessels, we held a a conference for teenagers. A church out of Chicago put it together in the mountains of Colorado, and we were the singers and the spokesman that week for that, uh, um, I don't even know what you call it, it wasn't a camp, but anyway, it was a get-together, great things happened there, and Marianne and I got to know that each other there for the very first time. That was my very first time to ski, her very first time to ski. Several years later, we married, and we, uh, we lived in Ruston, Louisiana, where Louisiana Tech University is. Thank God for Louisiana Tech. Uh, I got my education there, she got hers there, but I met her there. And uh, 46 years later, she's my best friend still. 
and I fight with her more than anybody else on the planet, but uh, we skied with a group of three other couples, and we would go skiing to Taos, New Mexico. You don't hear much about ski lodges and stuff in New Mexico, but I will tell you about Taos, New Mexico. If you don't know anything about it, when uh, the great skiers from Europe, when they come to the United States and they're going skiing, they prefer Taos because it has so many hard, complicated, and expert slopes. There aren't many beginner slopes. So that frustrates a lot of people that, hey, they think uh, we can. It's, it's a little closer to the Gulf South to just go to Mexico than to going up to Colorado. And a lot of people go there and find out how tough the skiing is. Well, for three years in a row, four couples, we would van out to Taos, New Mexico. We stayed in a resort lodge called the Kandahar. And it was really cool because it was up the mountain a little little ways, 100 yards or so from the parking lot. And it was ski in, ski out. We had a split-level condo that we stayed in, and you literally skied coming back in. You skied down to the porch, the balcony at the top level, and you carried your skis downstairs, and when you got ready to go back out and hit the slopes, you'd put your skis on on the bottom level and just step out on the snow and ski right down to the ski lift. Really a great deal. But the skiing was difficult. And because of that, when you go skiing one time of year, and that's all, and the altitude's a little bit higher at Taos, New Mexico, at the top of the mountain, there are actually two mountains there, Um, the oxygen problem becomes hard to breathe. And usually for me, it would take three days to get accustomed to the altitude changes. Uh, And you just sometimes, when you're not adjusted yet, when you come off of a ski lift and just begin to ski, it's hard to catch your breath. Marianne got sick the third year we did that at the top of the mountain of all places. And we had to call ski patrol. They came and put her in one of those litters one guy at the back, one in the front, and they just took off down the mountain with her and took her to our our, uh, our lodge. And a little bit later, I was there with her. You know, we had undone all of the ski gear that you put on, and she was really sick. And I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I said, you know what? If you didn't enjoy this so much, I would think about never coming back. And she looked at me and said, what do you mean? I enjoy this stuff. The only reason I come do this is because I thought you enjoyed it. And I said, I can't stand it. And we've never been skiing again. I thought that was a cool Christmas story. If for no other reason, it's a cool story in my life and our family life. And Christmas is all about families. It's all about families getting together. And uh, to that end, There's a song, a Christmas song, that just resonates with me and a lot of people. And there's one guy in the world that sings this song, and I think he does it better than anybody else. You probably know the song I'm talking about. Here's my nephew, finalist in The Voice, the greatest quarterback in Louisiana history. Des Duran. I'll be home for 
Christmas You can count on me Oh please have snow and mistletoe and presents under the tree oh, Christmas Eve will find me be home for Christmas. What a great song. Uh, everybody, uh, everybody that has memories, family memories, friends memories, especially from our childhoods, we always have a tendency to look back and to reminisce about things from the past. But you know what? There's no need for us to live in the past. Yeah, we can treasure those great memories, and I think we all need to. No doubt about it, folks. Our past shaped who we are today. You do get that, don't you? It does. 
all those circumstances. I don't care the good ones or the bad ones. They all roll in together. And they speak to who we are, how we became who we are. And you know what? We have the ability to go back and take consciously, take all those good things that we lived through, that we learned from, other people, mentors in our life, our moms, our dads, our siblings, our teachers. We can take all those things that have so firmly and profoundly impacted our lives and put them all together and shape them. And we have the choice to do that, to shape them and make them who we are. Those are the things that made us who we are. It's not just what family you were born into. It's not just what your first and last names are. That doesn't determine who you are. What determines who you are is who you allow yourself to become. And just maybe at a point in life where we think we've got it all together, we find out that we really don't. And then even at different spots in our lives on the road to where we're headed, we experience things that make us question who we are. But if you ever get settled on the fact, this is who I am, and you're okay with that, you're in a really good place, and you need to find ways throughout the rest of your life to go back to that good place when things get down. Great stories out there about Christmas. Here's a story of a young girl that it just captured my heart. She went into an older brick building one day in the town in which she lived. Her name was Lauren. Lauren noticed a rather odd collection of bicycles, clothes, toys, and other things that were grouped together on metal racks and on the floor of this brick building. She was in a large room, had a high ceiling, some open space right in the middle. An older man walked up and said, hello, can I help you? Lauren said, yes, I'm here for the job that you advertised. The man said, oh, great. With only a few days before Christmas, we can really use the help. This job doesn't pay much. We'll need you to help out on Christmas Eve. That's fine, she said. I need a job. I haven't been able to find anything yet that I can, and I certainly can work on Christmas Eve. What exactly do you want me to do, she asked. Well, we take discarded and broken toys, bicycles, and clothing and fix them up to give kids and others in need at Christmas, he explained. You'll help us with fixing them and getting them ready for our Christmas Eve giveaway. Well, she frowned. I really can't fix anything. He said, don't worry. Everyone starts out where you are at now. We'll get you up to speed in no time. So she was a bit puzzled, doubting that she could do a good job here. Let me show you around and introduce you to the two other people that are working here. By the way, my name is Willie. As Willie and Lauren, they walked around the facility, she felt like a huge mountain had just been placed in front of her. She entered another large room, and she noticed a few dozen bicycles in various states of disrepair. A lot of toys were piled up in one corner, some clothes in several big boxes in another corner. They walked up to a long table where two people were busy mending and repairing things. Sally and Warren 
Willie called out to these two workers. This is Lauren, our new helper. Hey, Lauren, great to see that you're here to help, Sally said. Nice to meet you, said Warren. Good to meet both of you, Lauren replied. I don't know how much help I can be, though. Sally and Warren looked at each other, and they just smiled. Today, they said, we're working on bicycles. We need to get as many of them ready as we can. We need you to detail and finish them after Sally and Warren work on and test them. This is Willie speaking. Some going to need to be painted or polishing or just a general sprucing up so they'll look their best. Lawrence said, you know what? I'm really not a painter. I wouldn't know where to start. So you're not a painter, Willie asked. No, afraid not, she replied. Well, follow me. They both walked over to a bicycle that had been repaired. Willie showed Lauren what parts on the bike to paint, and he painted one part just to show her. Here, he said, take this brush and paint this other part. So Lauren proceeded to paint the round metal tubing a cherry red color. Success, Willie exclaimed. You're now a painter. Lauren smiled as she moved to the next part of the bike, and she began to paint it. Sally walked over to Lauren, who had just finished painting her first bicycle. Not bad, not bad at all, Sally said. You did good. Thank you, said Lauren. Do you have plans or family in town for Christmas, Sally asked her. No, no family, no special plans. Lauren said that as she let out a sigh. It's just me, and I really don't get into the Christmas thing. It's never been a good time of the year for me. Actually depressing. Sorry about that, Sally said. It's my favorite time of year. Yeah, it's it's good if you get presents and good things happen, Lauren said. Well, I really don't get much as far as presents for Christmas, Sally explained. Getting all these toys and clothes fixed up and giving them away is why it is my favorite time of the year. Really? Lauren said in a perplexed tone. Sally and Lauren continued their work, fixing and painting the broken bicycles. As the workday came to an end, Lauren looked around at all the bikes they had worked on, and they'd finished a bunch of them. Wow, we got a lot done, she said. Yep, Sally agreed. You did great painting them. Well, thank you, Lauren smiled. Attention, everyone. Willie, the boss, commanded. That's it for today. Everyone did a great job. We fixed and readied so many toys today. The bicycles are looking great. As each employee left through the front door, Willie thanked them. Lauren, how'd you like it here today, Willie asked. It was, she thought for a moment, it was good. I hope I did a good job for you. You did great, Willie said. Will you be back tomorrow? Yes, sir, I'll be here, Lauren promised, and she smiled as she walked out the door. Walking home that day, Lauren pondered her day's experience. I don't know why, but I really liked working there today, she thought. Well, after she got home, had something to eat for dinner, she decided to go to sleep early as she was exhausted from the workday. She woke up the next morning after a great night's sleep. I can't remember when I've slept so soundly, she thought. Walking to work that day, she was cheerful. She was excited. So for the next two days, Lauren worked really hard, helping to get more bicycles and toys ready for the giveaway on Christmas Eve. At the end of each day, she returned home exhausted, yet she really felt good, contented. It was finally the day before Christmas 
and Lauren was up and ready to go, right after dawn. I'm actually looking forward to going to work today. Imagine that, she said, out loud. It's Christmas Eve, and I think I'm a bit excited about it. As she walked to work, she wondered what this day would be like and if it would be as good as the prior days working there. Hi, Lauren, Willie said in a loud but welcoming voice as she walked in. Hi, she replied. Here I am, ready to go. I really need to thank you for letting me work here. No, Willie said. Thank you for helping us out. After a moment, Willie asked Sarah and Warren to gather around him next to Lauren. The day is here. It's Christmas Eve giveaway day, he said with a big grin. We need to finish up the final few toys and clothes still needing repair. Then we'll set up for the giveaway, he said. What time does that happen, Lauren asked. 6 p.m. Well, everybody rushed to get everything ready and in its right place. Lauren said to Sally, it's been fun working here. It's work and it's fun. What a concept, really, Sally replied. You haven't said anything yet. Wait until the giveaway tonight. Lauren smiled back, wondering what the night would be like. So as 6 o'clock approached, Lauren noticed that people began lining up outside the front door. Willie said to Lauren, Sally, and Warren, Hey, y'all give me your attention. The giveaway time is almost here. But before it starts, I wanted to give each of you your pay and a little gift, Willie said. All three were given an envelope in a medium to large size box with a gift picked specifically for them. Lauren opened her box and she smiled. A brand new coat, she announced. How did you know I needed one? Well, looking at the condition of your current coat, it wasn't difficult to figure out, Willie explained. Thank you so much, Lauren replied. I'll wear it home tonight since it's getting cold again. Okay, it's time to open the doors and start the giveaway, Willie hollered. As people strolled in the front door, they were directed to the various giveaway tables. Lauren was in charge of the bicycles, and a parent with her child walked up. Hi, Lauren welcomed them. Hi, the lady said. The giveaway is a lifesaver for us. My son has never had a bicycle, and with all the medical bills his father has had, there hasn't been much left over to buy presents. Well, we're going to fix that situation right now, Lauren replied as she turned to the little boy. You can pick out any bicycle here. Wow, the little boy said with a wide-eyed look. Thank you. You're welcome, Lauren replied with a newfound sense of happiness. As the night went on, the people arrived slowly, just about, and it slowed down, in relation to the number of toys and bicycles and clothing that were left. And then about 8.15 p.m., the last of the people in need had left. Everything had been given away. Thank you, everyone, for making this such a wonderful night, Willie said in a loud and cheerful voice. Everyone pitched in and put the tables and chairs back in their proper places and cleaned up the room. Lauren was straightening things up when an elderly lady entered the front door. Hi, Lauren offered, noticing the lady was wearing older clothes and she was shivering. Hi, the lady replied. I was wondering if you have any old clothes left that I could have. Lauren's heart sank. No, ma'am, I'm sorry, but everything has been given away. I'm so sorry. 
Oh, that's okay, dear. Thank you anyway, the lady replied. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas to you too, Lauren offered back. As the lady turned and went out the front door into the cold night, Lauren sighed in despair. As if a bright light was switched on in her brain, Lauren had a sudden flash of inspiration and a novel idea. Hey, miss, excuse me, miss, Lauren said as she ran after the lady who had just exited the front door. Come back inside. We do have something for you. The lady didn't quite understand, but she came back inside with Lauren. Wait here, Lauren said. The lady stayed in the front. Lauren ran to another room. She returned carrying a box and set it on a table in front of the lady. This is for you, Lauren offered. The lady opened the box and saw a very nice coat, the exact coat that Lauren received earlier as a gift from Willie. Oh dear, the lady said, I can't accept this. It looks like a new and expensive coat. It is now yours, Lauren said. I thought we had given everything away, but I found this one last box that was left. Are you sure, the lady asked with tears streaming down her face. Yes, Lauren replied, also with teary eyes. So after a a short hug, the lady left wearing that brand new coat, wearing Lauren's brand new coat. Willie approached Lauren. You did good, he said. It was the right thing to do, Lauren replied. Sally walked over and smiled at Lauren, and Lauren smiled back. Sally, she said, you were right. It's not what you get at Christmas, it's what you give. Bingo, Sally replied with a grin. I want to thank everyone here, Lauren said. The last few days working with you has taught me so much. I came in here like one of those broken bicycles, and by fixing them up, I fixed myself. This is probably the best Christmas I have ever had, Lauren continued. Everybody said their goodbyes and Merry Christmas wishes before leaving. So on her walk home that night, Lauren's old tattered coat was no problem in the cold as the warmth of her heart more than made up for it. She pulled out the pay envelope that Willie had given her earlier in the night and she opened it. Wow, there is too much money here, she said. She took out a note from the envelope and read it out loud. Lauren, the extra money here is for you to buy yourself a new coat. Thanks for making this year's Christmas Eve giveaway a great success. From Willie, Sally, and Warren. Probably don't need to say this, but for Lauren, Christmas got repaired. (laughs) Boy, did it ever. It got repaired. Christmas, here's what Christmas will be to you this year. Exactly what you open up your heart and let it be. Try that. Try Lauren's way, folks. And remember, there's something bigger than giving.
very little, very little else speaks about the spirit of the Christmas festivities, giving, being with others, and having a great time than Mariah Carey. And speaking of Mariah Carey, um, she has been several different times. She's been a part of that big Christmas Eve festivity in New York, Times Square. Speaking of that, do you know that they have announced it's going to be crazy nuts in Times Square, but nuts in a different way. They're really clamping down on what's going to be allowed there. Mask wearing, social distancing is going to be a must for anybody that gets to go to this year's Times Square New Year's Eve celebration. Mayor Bill de Blasio has put it out there, folks. Usually now, there are about 60,000 people that are allowed in viewing areas that night. 60,000. Well, this year, they've cut that number to just about 15,000. And listen to all of the requirements. Visitors will not be allowed to go to Times Square to get in this viewing area until 3 that afternoon, much later than in previous years. The new requirements are in addition to a vaccination requirement that was already in place for almost all attendees over the age of 5. The announcement came as New York City has seen rising COVID cases and positivity rates largely attributed to this new Omicron variant. Omicron is highly transmissible, but studies have shown, thankfully, it's less severe than the other variants. There is a lot to celebrate, and these additional safety measures will keep the fully vaccinated crowd safe and healthy as we ring in the new year. That's Mayor de Blasio, who's on his way out as mayor. He said that yesterday. Times Square Alliance is the organization that leads preparations for the ball drop, the mirror ball, said it will require proof of full vaccination against COVID for most attendees. We know that vaccination is the key, and we know boosters are particularly effective against Omicron. They're saying all this stuff they really don't know, folks. I don't even know why they would throw that out there. Americans, we know. They don't know what's effective and what's not. We don't know and they don't know what's the good and the bad, if there is any good in any of these virus variants. But they said our healthcare leaders have been abundantly clear about that, that vaccines are the key and that we know boosters are effective against Omicron. We don't know either of those to be factual. We focus, obviously, they said, every day on the COVID crisis, on the challenge of Omicron and how we overcome it. And I'm very confident the city will overcome it. In fact, it looks like it's going to be a very brief period, intense and challenging, but very brief. And we have a lot of tools to fight back with. I don't even know, folks, as we enter this this week, it's a week long of festivities, right there at Christmas, and then a week later we celebrate a brand new year. Each and every year that happens. I don't know if we can even look at all of this mysticism, this mystery, these unknown things that our leaders in politics, they have just grabbed and began to not actually take care of the problems that come along with that, but to turn those things, those mysteries, those misunderstood things, the unknown things that are spooky, that are scary, that are absolutely terrifying. 
I mean, we're talking about a disease. We're talking about people dying, people getting deathly ill, and people dying from these variants and from the original COVID-19. How do you deal with that? <laughs> I mean, how, how can you process that in your brain and still come out of it and have great feelings about it? You know how you do it? It's the exact same way that you do everything. You make a choice. You make a decision. Do you know that nothing just falls on you? Seldom does anything just fall on top of you. Almost in every case, we make a choice. We make a decision. Maybe we're not consciously thinking, you know, uh, I want to run out of money this, this month. I can't wait to run out of money this month. And so I'm just going to go ahead and spend like I'm going to have plenty of money to last the whole month. You may never have been there, but I know people who have. It's like, oh, well, I'm not going to have anything the last week of the month, so what the heck? Why don't I just go ahead and spend it now, and I know I'm not going to have anything the last two weeks of the month. That's a little overreach, you may think, but it's really not. We live by the choices we make. We bring most of, if not all, of the bad negative circumstances that we find ourselves in, we bring that on ourselves by the choices we make. This has always been the time of year where we hope that we're going to be able to enter this two-week period and just be psyched about it, knowing that we're going to be with people we love, that we have good circumstances on the most part in our lives. We have a lot to be thankful for, as do they. We have all these commonalities. We're going to get together. We're having steak tonight at our house. One of our daughters said this, what do we always normally do something together on Christmas Eve and then we get back together Christmas Day for lunch. We always do that. But she said, you know what? We always do something like, you know, gumbo or something like that. We haven't had one of mom's steaks in a long time. And Marianne, folks, she cooks and grills a wicked steak. So everybody's coming to our house. We're going to have the whole crew here tonight. Dogs, everybody. And we're going to have steaks together. We're going to laugh our butts off. We're going to tell funny stories. We're going to hug. We're going to reminisce. And we're going to look back at the people in our lives that we've lost this last year. And there'll be a tear shed. (laughs) But we're going to be together. And we're going to be thankful for Christmas. Christmas is a great time of retrospect. And folks, as much as important as it is, we all know the Christmas story. We all know that this is the celebration of the Savior of the world coming. But all of that runs downhill, and it impacts us all. That's part of our lives. It's a critical, very the most important part of our lives. But all of the blessings and the goodness from that, it floods down into our hearts, from our hearts into the hearts of those in our families and our friends that we dearly love. We love to be with them. We're thankful for them in our lives. This is the time of year to look at all of that, 
even the bad circumstances that happen. You know why? Because you know you were promised all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purposes. It all comes clean at the end. We get answers at the end. And so why don't we just do this? Why don't we look at today, tomorrow, Sunday, and even all through next week? Look at this as we're coming home. We're coming home for Christmas. Let's do it again this year. All right? Bells will be ringing, ringing. The glad, glad news. Oh, what a Christmas. Have the blues. My baby's gone. I have no friend to wish me greetings once again. Choirs will be singing Silent night, Christmas carols. By candlelight Please come on for Christmas Please come on for Christmas If not for Christmas By New Year's night Friends and relations Send salutations Sure as the stars shine above This is Christmas Yes, Christmas, my dear The time of year to be with the one you love Oh, won't you tell me you never move wrong Christmas and New Year will find you home. There'll be no more sorrow, no grief and pain. Cause I'll be happy, happy once again. singers folks great times to get together that's what we're doing here and we're celebrating Christmas today
We're actually celebrating Christmas today with you. And yeah, we're doing it a day early. But uh, that's, that's what we're all about, folks. Getting together, enjoying Christmas, enjoying each other, and enjoying the fact that we can get together and celebrate Christmas. Got a lot of other things we're going to chat about this morning. But I want to get into something that's been really big in a lot of people's lives over the last 20 years or so. Mannheim Steamroller. And I have a special reason to do that. We'll get into that in just a few minutes. But here's one of their favorite and most famous Christmas songs. It sounds a little bit different than the traditional stuff. But Mannheim Steamroller. They changed a lot of people's thinkings through the year. Here they are now with Deck the Halls. a special reason for playing that song. Um, We're going to end the show early today, give you um, more time to be together with your families. I know you've probably got shopping left to do. I'm so appreciative for you 
being here every day, but especially today, letting me, letting TNN Live, Truth News Network, share in your Christian day. As we finish this this get-together, I want to point something out. This is our very first Christmas without Rush Limbaugh. You may be asking, what's this all about? Well, honestly, folks, for a millions and millions of Americans, Rush being gone is a terrible, terrible void that's left in our lives. In Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol, a character that was soliciting charitable donations admonishes Scrooge that at this festive season of the year, want is keenly felt. So is family grief. And what will never be understood by his critics, most of whom have never bothered to listen to him, Rush Limbaugh was undeniably a beloved brother by another mother to so many of us. Now, during what may be the last shared American tradition, Christmas, an absent Rush Limbaugh is really a big missing presence, a missing voice in the middle of celebrations. Um, a couple of days ago, it was tough, but I put on Mannheim Steamroller's Silent Night. It's an achingly beautiful version of Silent Night that Rush broadcast every year as he signed off before Christmas. He would deliver a heartfelt year-end well wishes and then let the music speak the holy season for him. The impossibly sweet violin swelling orchestra subsiding into an echo of distant sleigh bells against a rushing wind. I had last heard it a year ago. And again, on New Year's Christmas Eve, Rush spoke over the opening melody, but this year it was in an obvious goodbye. Uncharacteristically, his voice, it just trembled with emotion for a minute. But then, with the exquisite timing of a consummate broadcast professional like few others, all the way to the very end, Rush used the musical backdrop to convey what he distilled into his most important message, gratitude. Gratitude to his family, to us, his beloved audience, the love of his life, Catherine, and to his creator. God is with me today, he said. God knows how important this program is to me today. So when that program ended, many, many had to chase back tears. Millions did so. I'm sure of it. What he was saying, this was going to be his last Christmas. Two months later, Rush went to meet his creator. Whatever you're facing today, 
you're going to be fine. We're all going to be fine. Thank you for sharing. And so this one song we can share today knowing that Rush made it very clear. He was right where he needed to be spiritually. And the silent night that he's participating in from the new place, from the presence of God and his Savior, Rush Limbaugh is celebrating this night, the best night of ever. The night before our Savior comes to save the world.
wonder Rush Limbaugh liked that song so much. It's probably without question the greatest version of Silent Night that I've ever heard. And the, the wind there, the whoosh at the end. It just speaks about life and how fleeting it is and when it's time for us to go and for life to do what it always does. It begins and it ends. It's a great way for us to celebrate the fact that we're a part of it all. That from our very beginning to the very end, God is in our lives. And he's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. I want to say this to you. Many of you who are listening in, I have no clue who you are. We have people listening in today from other countries all across the United States. And I want to say a heartfelt thank you. And I'm thankful that you trust us, that you come here to get information, to share feelings and thoughts. And when this old man whimpers a little bit, when he gets reminiscing about things that happened in the past, important things, that you tolerate me. (laughs) And I thank you for that. I'm looking forward to 2022 and sharing all of that with you. But hey, let's don't just jump ahead today. Let's relish the day, the night, and all day tomorrow. Be with the ones that you love. And if you can't be, make sure you speak to them. You reach out to them and share whatever you can share. Share it with them. Talk about the good things. Everybody's got bad stuff. Let's just talk about the good things the next few days. And until Monday morning, folks, I'm going to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And once again, thank you from my heart. Truth News Network. On every continent, in every capital, in homes like yours, this is TNN. The Truth News Network.